there's a line from a song that goes, things were all good just a week ago. Feels kind of apt for where the Nuggets are. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Appreciate you guys being with us and joining us on a Monday. Usually it's Optimism Monday. Not going to be Optimism Monday today because the vibes are bad. It's hard to be optimistic right Like right now. There's, there's some tough ones. I will say we're recording this several hours after the game, several hours. I expected like, um, I don't know why, maybe because I'm, I'm a full Matt. I expected a little more subdue chat. Nope, they're ready. Nope, everyone's ready to fire. Everyone's Perfect. ready to go. And the, and the itches haven't even really logged on yet. Um, thanks for making this your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. His name's Adam Mares. He's director of content over at DMVR. Check every post-game and pre-game show over at DMVR, thedmvr.com. Check out the merch. Become a diehard. Let's step over there. Um, never not get to lose to, to the New Orleans Pelicans after losing to the Atlanta Hawks without Trey Young and John Collins on Friday night. And after feeling pretty good about things, I will say, like, I felt pretty good about them. You were kind of like in the, oh, the Rockets are really bad. Um, and there's a lot of things here. I feel like the expectation is for me to be like, look, teams lose these type of games and I'm not surprised. And I'm not like, I'll just tell you, like, I'm not surprised. The minute that they ruled Trey Young out, I was like, there was a little alarm, alarm went off in my head. I was like, oh, here we go. Because I've just I've seen this before. The Pelicans game, I always expected them to lose because, like, I have a power oh, rating yeah. that I use for betting purposes, and I have the Pelicans as twelve points better right now. Yeah. Like, I have them twelve points better at home right now, right now. But then there's also how it happens, though, Matt. Because yes. the thing the thing about this Pel game, Pel's game is usually when you get that Jokic performance, you win. Usually, when you get that one, very focused from him, energetic defense was there aggressive from the start first second and third he was so good and you you lose that one like that that's that's concerning yeah he was dominant he and not just lose you don't usually and when you lose if you do lose maybe you lose at the buzzer you lose at the it's well, a real a battle blowout. yeah they just could, they couldn't they couldn't keep contact with jose alvarado i mean he had a hot game he, he ran hot he was phenomenal <laughs> yeah he was he was terrific he was, he really was terrific and 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 honestly like like Grand Theft Alvarado has been awesome this season. Like he's been amazing. He's been like, I've did a whole thing on the Pels bench and how good it is. And I knew this is going to be tough for them, especially because of that, because I think this is the best bench unit in the league. Mm -hmm. I like the, not talent wise, the way they play together and what they unlock with the various components that they stagger with. This is the best bench unit in the league for me. Um, I don't know that this was an unacceptable loss. The way it happened was bad and it's concerning and the fact that they followed up a horrendous effort level on Friday, which people really don't want to pin on anybody. And they just want to like the only people, people that people want to pin that on is Nicole, is the coach. Um, they followed that performance up with this performance where they play badly across the board. The defense is still in the garbage can. If you're not hitting shots on the road, all of a sudden you don't look as dominant and there's, like real concerns here. Like there's just a lot of things and, and I'll put it this way. You and I've talked about how we feel really good about what the nuggets can be. And we're, I think we're still on that, but they have to actually choose to be it. And they seem to not 
like for whatever reason, they are not in a place where those guys are locked in in the right. Like it's not just vibes, right? It's an identity. They do not have the identity of an elite team. They have the identity of a team that's like maybe we'll be an elite team later, and that's I don't not even good know about that. I don't even. I don't. Because I, I I don't know. It doesn't feel like there's a positive momentum. Like it, sometimes there's a they'll figure it out. Like this is early. You know, Murray's this, or you know, Porter still got. It doesn't even feel like that. Like to me, it's just there's like a real weird malaise to the team that that Atlanta game really was a bad look, and then to follow it up with this one. I mean, the Atlanta game, it's weird, and I don't know if these things connect. But you go from the Houston game where you win by thirty points, and Malone has an angry, fiery presser. And then they come out the next game with less energy than ever before. Probably the lowest energy game of the entire year. And you think, yeah, that's a weird thing to go from a blowout win to a critical post-game commentary from the coach to a low-effort game. So then you think, all right, but the team has to respond. I thought the team responded with incredible intensity in this game. They came out to this game like they wanted to win, like they wanted to punch. And yet the wheel still came off. Yeah. Well, and, and like the way this kind of goes is the stars came out and they really want to win. And Nicola was awesome. And they were dishing and they were dealing in that first quarter. And then the bench hit the floor and it all completely came off. And they had the second quarter lull where the starters come back in after the bench has blown the lead and they don't play well. We've seen that going back to last year. The right? difference was though, so a lot of times that's a Jokic seems pissed that not. he has to come back in and save him. This time he was like energetic again and it still yeah. didn't matter. Yep. Um, and then the third quarter comes and the starters were bad in the third, not Jokic. The starting unit as a whole was bad as was bad as a whole in the third. They got outscored by nine points when Jokic is on the floor. That should not happen. Like, I don't blame the that. Wheel, the wheels were off. Like the wheels yeah. were coming off. I mean, yeah. Murray, then, Murray had a really bad third. He had a good second. I thought there was like a good stretch in there, but the third, he was atrocious. And, and by the way, they kind of went away from Jokic too. I think yep. this might have been he was I before we went live I mentioned Jokic looked very frustrated like more than usual on the bench in the end of the third early fourth like he looked really pissed and I wonder if that was part of it is he was like willing to carry the team to victory in this one and started the third quarter with like 7 points in 2 minutes yep. but there was a lull in the middle there where he just didn't get it which is weird because when you look at it, like he had 6 shots and nobody else had more than 3 well I guess Jamal had 4 how many turnovers um, were there in that corner? Uh, seven turnovers in that quarter. I mean, so that's a lot of possessions that ended without a shot. Yes. Um, that's so on, agree on that. 28 in a game, which would be absurd. That would be like a record. Yep. And then um, and then the, the bench just couldn't hang because the, the Pelicans smelled blood and jumped all over them. And then they ran out. And then the, the starters couldn't get – couldn't make a – the starters – like I'll just say this. Like it wasn't like – Oh, the starters were great in all four stints and the bench. They simply couldn't overcome the bench. The bench is to blame for the loss because they lost the lead, but the starters did not like rise above. And that's as a starting unit. In the, in the second half, they got momentum and it definitely felt like, I don't want to say that they solved Denver. I just think that they stunned them and then knocked them out and Denver could not get back up off the canvas. Agree. Um, uh, look, uh, there's a bunch of decisions in this game that we're going to have to get to and question. Uh, I'm not going to sit here. And as much as like, I've tried to be a, a reasonable, rational person about Michael Malone. Like there's some decisions, like I was critical of him at times last year. I said last year was the worst coaching season of his career. Uh, I thought he was, I thought he had a lot of missteps. I think him going after them after the Rockets game is a pretty typical Malone tries to anticipate a letdown and tries to instead 
go in on them and it backfires. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's learned in the past that sometimes you have to ease up instead of, of like you all, I think every coach has to know when to, when to bear down versus lean back and Malone, his temptation is always to bear down, but he has leaned back before and it's usually had pretty good results. We'll see what happens after uh, there. The way I will kind of break this down in terms of the personnel stuff. There's no reason Dave on replays over Christian Brown. There's no logic to this. There's no on court reason. Christian Brown has not made horrific mistakes and turnovers. Christian Brown has not showed porn effort. Christian Brown has not looked lost in the, on, on the floor on either side. Even when he's lost on offense, he plays hard enough to compensate for a lot of that. He plays tough defense. He's hit shots. He's done everything that he's been asked to do. There's no reason that Christian Brown lost his minutes to Davon Reed. Davon Reed had one good game versus the Rockets. We should talk about that, that on the other side. I mean, there's a lot to that. Like, There's yeah. a lot of decisions now that are just kind of seem to be like a pattern now do you think I, i'm curious if you think they're going to change that's the thing i'm curious well i'll just tell you i only think that's the only one i care about and we'll talk about why when we come back uh after this on lockdown nuggets but first i need to tell you about tarot tarot is the world's largest car sharing marketplace with tarot you can book any car you want wherever you want it with a community of local hosts you get to browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the u.s uk canada and australia you can book a, a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive that new electric vehicle you had your eye on to see how it fits your everyday life. Many tarot hosts can even deliver the right car to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance, term conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at tarot.com. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Sunday night. No optimism Monday as things are very concerning across the board. Uh, I was just saying that I don't understand any reason why Davon Reed would play over Christian Brown. There's just been simply no reason. The minutes, the numbers say that Christian Brown should play. His place is that Christian Brown should play. Christian Brown had earned his rotation spot over Davon Reed through training camp. Uh, he misses, like I forget a game. I think it was, maybe it was COVID, whatever it was. And then Davon steps in and Davon's kept it. That does not mean that, that Christian Brown should not be out there. The Davon minutes have not been good. Christian Brown should be playing more minutes for the Nuggets. And I do not have a reason why he's not. Me neither. I really, it's, it's a tough one. Um, I, 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 it doesn't make any sense to me. Christian Brown has clearly done something that has landed him in the doghouse. But I mean, this team, Matt, the weirdest thing is that Michael Malone has just preached defense and I'm a defensive coach and branded himself this way. Denver's 26. They keep falling. They're going yeah. the wrong direction. They're 26. Yeah. Now I will say this. I don't think they're going to drop. Let's see if they're going to drop. Are they going to drop below 20? Was I wrong on this? Oh, man. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to catch Orlando. <laughs> it would be quite the story if uh, the bull bulls, bull bulls, Orlando magic somehow surpasses Denver defensively. <laughs> But they are comfortably 1.8 points per 100 possessions ahead of them. But um, but my God, man, this is the thing is I don't – he's a defensive player. I just think you would try out I your defensive yep. guy. Totally agree. I will say if we're going to talk about the defense, we're going to have to talk about Bruce Brown because Bruce Brown's been real bad since the first four games of the season. Bruce Brown's been real bad on all levels. He's getting beat at point of attack pretty consistently. It's tough, man. The, the Tonight, I thought – I don't know. I'll have to go back and watch tonight to see. But the Atlanta game – he was just too little for DeJounte Murray. DeJounte Murray treated him like Trey, uh, like Shea Gilgis Alexander cheats most people, where he just like would drive one direction, spin, and then just Bruce Brown could be there. He didn't care. He would just shoot it right over him like he wasn't even there. 
You want to know what's funny? Look, we're just talking about the numbers, okay? Like, I'm just I'm just giving you the numbers. The best offensive rating amongst the Nuggets rotation players is Ish Smith. The second best is DeAndre Jordan. The third best is Michael Porter Jr. The fourth best is Davon Reed, and then you have Nicola. Uh, the worst on the Nuggets are Bones Highland by a wide margin at 118.5. Yikes. Christian Brown at 112.5. Okay, sure. Uh, hasn't played. He's played have a healthy amount of minutes. Some of that's warped by a few performances. Uh, Bruce Brown is then third. Bruce Brown is the third worst defensive rating on court of any player on the Nuggets. That's surprising to me. I would not have expected that. The thing year. about that is, is like with Michael Porter, I mean, he's an interesting one because you wouldn't expect him to be, you know, basically the best of the high minutes guys. But the thing is, Brown's minutes are diluted across enough of a sample size that it's you can't just say, oh, well, he was there for the good game and he was there for the bad game or he played with this combo. Like he's played with every combo in every game. So it's enough of a sample size to, to yeah. think that there might be something there. Um, I'll just say, look, I don't mind them benching Bones and everybody can complain and bitch about it, but I'm sorry. The numbers have said that basically when Bones is on the floor this season, they get their asses kicked. And they've been better when they do not play, when Bones has not been available. And all of the numbers for all of the players in the bench unit are better when Bones is not on the floor. And so if you're trying to turn things around now, is Bones important for the long term of the franchise? Yeah. Do you have to figure that out? Yes. Is Bones still working himself back from the various things that he's gone through COVID and injuries? I think so. I, I don't know how to explain this otherwise, but it has not worked. Like it, the minutes you have not, it's not just the plus minus. It is that you can watch the games and be like, it is not working when Bones is on the floor and other iterations have worked. I do not mind them benching Bones after what happened tonight. I mean, I felt like he was a scapegoat for Jose Alvarado and then Jose Alvarado continued to, like it had no impact him coming out. So I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I'll say this. Bones won them a playoff game last year against the eventual champions. If he's playing this poorly this year, like to me, I because I would agree that like his defense hasn't been good and the unit hasn't run very well. So I'm with you on on that part of it. But to me, he has been good. Why why is there this regression of impact so far? What is going on there? To me, that would be part of it. But tonight, I mean, look, he played really bad in his five minutes. You know, hopefully Alvarado did get going, but Jose Alvarado didn't stop going after that. You know what happened after that? Jokic came back into the game. I like, think that was a sub. That's why the that's the only reason that Jose that the plus minuses didn't work out in a different direction. But it wasn't I mean, because like the bench. That's fine, but this is across all of these games. It's not just the Jose Alvarado game. It's across all these games. Like the minutes, the the minutes have kind of shown that when you have the bench unit and you don't have bones with it, it has performed better overall. It didn't in this game because Jose Alvarado had himself a great game. Like, I get what you're saying, which is bones got benched because he let Jose Alvarado get hot and then nobody else stopped Jose Alvarado. That's fair. Like, totally fair and consistent. Um, I don't know what to do because, it, like, on the one hand, I do believe that bones has put the work in and shown that he can do enough to earn a spot in the rotation that he doesn't have to keep losing and regaining and all, like... I think that that's bad for the team in terms of the inconsistent stuff. I also don't know what to do because you and I have a fundamental disagreement over. I just don't think he's played well this season. I just like, I do not think the bones Island has played well in terms of running the team on the defensive end. He made one of the things was, did you, did you see that? Like, I think it was right before he got subbed. He tried for a half court steal in a transition play and missed. And that wound up with an easy, with an easy, an easy play. Um, those, those, so plays are, those plays are really frustrating, especially for a coach. Yeah. So, I think that that's like part of the equation here. Um, the Zeke Naji thing. Let's talk about that one. 
Uh, I have here's my DeAndre Jordan take. I finally came to peace with the conclusion on the DeAndre Jordan that I needed to need to give because I couldn't identify how to square all this up because I do listen to the plus minus and I do know that it's been bad. It hasn't been as bad as the other bench guys, Bones, but it's been bad. And I, I realized what the problem is and like like how to distill it, Adam. The problem is not that DeAndre Jordan does a lot of bad things. It's that he does almost no good things. That's the, the take that I've gotten to is that if you watch, he doesn't, he's not executing drop coverage badly. He's not missing rotations. He had one game where he had one bad missed rebound off a weird bounce. Other than that, the rebounding numbers have been fine. Like it's okay. Like his individual rebound percentage is very good. He has like the fourth highest amongst all bench players of like qualifying. I mean, minutes. he rebounds. That's what he does. That's his number yeah. one trait. Is right. Yeah. And typically speaking, like he can, he can throw down a few dunks at the rim on lobs and things like that, but he's not going to create offense on his own. He's not a good passer. Um, and there's not enough things that he does. Like he does not do good things to elevate the team. And I realized like, that's the big differential in, in terms of like how people view him or how I view him versus others. And I'm like, yeah, but I can't find anything that he's doing wrong in these minutes. Like I don't identify things where I'm like, that was bad. And I think honestly, if you go back and you really watch, I stand by that. I do not think that Deandre Jordan has been the problem. He's also not fixing anything. Now in this game, the answer that people are going to get to is like, it's Larry Nance. I'll just tell you, I think Larry Nance beats the shit out of Zeke and plays him off the floor. I'm at the point of just basically being like, I don't know if he can trust Zeke's confidence game by game. I just don't, I just don't, I just don't think he can. Like he comes in and sometimes he looks good and sometimes he looks tentative and sometimes he'll get like one rebound, but then like there's a lot that he doesn't. I don't know what you're getting from, from Zeke Naji. So I'm not like livid that Zeke Naji doesn't play would it have helped probably does it win the game probably not um that's where i come in on zeke i mean i don't <laughs> tonight was a zeke game to me i mean i think he should have been on the Why? court but well for one i again what, it, what who was it that he was rim protecting against who was the big i thought it messed up your your defensive assignments by not having somebody that could switch off onto zion or or be mobile enough to rotate to try to clog the paint so to me i mean what was he a minus 19 tonight and in, in how many minutes? Uh, nine minutes, a minus 19. I mean, it's just to me, there's matchups, and Zion is a really, really unique one, and you need mobility. If you ask Wait, me, you like, you to play many versus Zion? Why wouldn't you? He's big. He would, Zion would, would literally break his ribs and send pieces of him flying into the atmosphere. Zion did that to Aaron Gordon him. tonight. Somebody has to guard him, <laughs> like, somebody like, has to pee out on him. Yeah, I honestly, if Jeff had been healthy, I would have trusted, I would trust Jeff over Zeke in that situation. All right. Well, Jeff wasn't healthy. He wasn't available tonight. Okay. Did you so did you point. notice like, that? Like, was it Zeke? Was it was it was it Zion? Just beat it was like if you, it, that was part of the genius. I thought tonight of and, and maybe this is just the way that they always rotate their game plan or ro use their rotations. But Zion being on the court when Jokic wasn't on it, those were the minutes that were like really crushing. And so I think like yeah, like you need to have just a little bit more. Uh, uh, adaptability and agility, in my opinion, and you don't necessarily need a big that's just standing at the rim. It clearly didn't have an impact. It didn't stop him. In fact, I think Jeff's defensive rating in this game was almost 200. So like in his nine minutes, they scored every time. Every, I mean, it's hard to be worse than scoring every single possession. So this is interesting to, 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 to like ask and think about. So like your argument is basically it was so bad it could not have been worse. Right. Is that a reason? Like – it could not have been worse. Is that a reason to play Zeke? I mean, Zeke Naji's a defensive player. He is, is good he, defensively. Is he? Because I don't think anybody but you thinks that. 
You think I'm the only person who thinks Ignaji is a good I, When player? I ask around, I do not get the same sense. When you ask around. I, I ask around. When I ask around, they say he's a good defensive player. When I ask around. The DMVR guys or the front office? When I ask around, they say he's a good defensive player. So, <laughs> I, no, I'm asking. Like this, this is, so this is what I'm struggling with is I don't know. Like we disagree on this and you're absolute in it. And I'm open to being wrong. I'm like not- I'm open to being wrong on this. So I'm like, uh, is it possible you're wrong? Of course. We haven't seen a lot of Zeke Naji. Like, of course it is. <laughs> so that's a part of it is also like, I don't know. I just, I I'm don't not, know. let's go through this here. I think one of the things that like I get to is when I don't know, I err on the side of no. And maybe that's wrong. Like, I think that's, and that's part of it is like, um, and like I was that way with Vlaco, and Vlaco had a bunch of really good games. Thought he was bad tonight. Everybody was bad tonight. Vlaco was bad tonight. Would you agree with that? Of course. But again, I think that it was really the combination of DeAndre and Vlaco trying to guard a very mobile Zion Williamson that repri- required a more agile defensive duo. Um, Hurricane says, of the two, Zeke and DeAndre, who is the guy that you might be comfortable to play in the playoffs? Between who? Between Zeke and DJ. Almost certainly Zeke. Like, cause, oh, But again, it might be neither. I think more likely is probably neither, although we'll have to see with Zeke, but it's definitely not DeAndre. It's not a, in the playoffs, typically you don't go end up going to a second big for that extended minute. I agree. I can't disagree with you on that. I agree with that. If we look at the plus minus, this is why I don't like the – this is why it's tough. Look, Zeke um, – DeAndre Jordan has seven games this year where he was a positive in the plus minus. Two of them are against Houston. One of them was against San Antonio when they won by 25, 20, and 16. So there's four games in here. And by the way, the games not listed there were Dallas, um, Golden State, which is a big one, and then the Knicks. So those are the games that he was big in. These are all bad game, bad teams. This, and, the, and the plus is like plus 20, plus 28, plus 22. Like that's gonna mess with some of this plus minus stuff when you're talking about yeah and blowout wins, you can be a big positive and in such a short season with that much short data, it's gonna end up like kind of messing with the numbers. Will we be doing this that that way if it was the opposite though? Because I don't think we would. Maybe you'd be like, look, Zeke's, Zeke's numbers aren't that bad. <laughs> Maybe I mean, we'll see. DeAndre also has a year last year in which he was an even worse player. player in the NBA. Big, yeah, so. Yeah. It's not like this is doesn't track. And again, I'm not trying to pin this on DeAndre too. Like part of me is, again, you have to use the ingredients that solve the equation in front of you. To me, tonight was a pretty obvious. Not DeAndre was not the part that was. You gotta you gotta guard Zion. You gotta be able to to stop Zion. And I I don't think DeAndre Jordan is anybody's idea of a Zion piece to being a Zion stopper. A lot of people around the Nuggets media have said this, which is that they think that the backup big is not somebody on the roster. And I'm going to get into the point where that's probably going to have to be the case, right? Like it may just be other, like, isn't that like kind of like the best idea? Cause I also, I kind of brought this up during the game. I don't know that. I just don't know that Zeke sees himself as a five. I don't think he wants to play five. I think he actively does not want to play five. I think he only wants to play four. It, yeah. And Billy Hernan, Hernan Gomez is probably a five, but I don't know that Larry Nance is like Larry Nance is a Zeke five. Yeah, really heard him. Gomez is a bigger five. I mean, Larry Nance is what they need, right? Like, if you had Larry Nance Jr., how good is this, is this team? Yeah, he's you know? a good player. Um, 
I feel like it's the opposite, though. You're saying I am adamant about my position. I'm less so, but I definitely think that he has earned the opportunity, and it's weird to me that he's not getting it, especially in a night, again, when you're looking for defense, night after night, you know, two two bad losses to, to in a row like this. To me, it's just weird that he's not – him and Christian Brown not given an opportunity. That, that to me, is just a little strange. I, I think I struggle with the idea that the unknown is always better, and so I, and so I dig in against it, and I don't know that that's necessarily how I feel about it, but there's such an adamant, there's such an adamant sense from fans that the unknown variable is always better. And I'm just like, I've seen Zeke this year and I've seen Zeke be really timid. Like, this is my whole thing. It's just like, I just don't know that Zeke has confidence. And I think NBA players smell blood whenever they face a player that doesn't have confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I, I mean, I think it's a little overstated on Zeke's confidence, though. He still plays hard. He still like defends. I don't know that he's like scared to guard. He's, I think his shooting maybe is like he can be a little bit gun shy on, but I don't think anything else. He's been going to the rim hard. He's been like dunking everything. Part of it is honestly, I don't think if you ask me, like, well, which you know, shooting matchup from the field. It's a it's a matchup thing between the two, right? And like that's the argument. And, like Hurricane's talking about this in the comments about like this, and you mentioned this, like this was a Zeke game. And to me, I'm like, I don't know that this was a DJ or a Zeke game because when you got Larry Nance and and Hernan Gomez, who played really great, he's been playing really well, and Zion. Like, I don't think either one of those players can stay on the floor with any of those guys. Like, I think that's a Jeff at the five thing, if anything. That's the only thing I can really think of that might work. It's like so much physicality and skill at the same time and intensity. Like, that's the thing with Nance, Nance in particular, is that he plays extremely hard and he's really gift, like he's really skilled. He's a good passer. He's added range this season where he can shoot from three, so you can't drop off of him. And he he's so good at cutting the rim when you do overplay. And he's really good at playing off of Zion. It's real like that unit's really great. Like the Pels are a great team this year. I really do think so. They're really good and really well coached. A 180 defensive rating though in those minutes. Like I mean, Bones, by the way, 182. So like even worse. But 180 defensive rating in those minutes. It really is near can't get worse territory on that one. I would guess if you looked at that, that was probably a 20 possessions and they scored, you know, 37 points and there's 20 possessions. That's, that's yeah, and probably I can... what that comes down to. Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do kind of turn it around and and really revert back to what happened with Bones on the floor. Um, like that to me was like a big component of it, right? Is like it's weird because it's it's almost you're. It, I I have a hard time with like the things get really a lot worse with Bones on the floor, but it's it's also he's not. But even then, like second half is one sixty six point seven, right? So. Like that's bad enough on its own. You're right that it couldn't have been worse. Like maybe it was worth maybe it was worth giving a shot to see. Like maybe it would have I been. Think, I think more to the point, it's just strange that we're at this point in the season and like you need defense. Again, we have an enormous sample size about defense just in general with this team, and it's not happening. And you either start to build towards something or you're starting to show improvement. Like Denver, we're twenty what three games into the season, twenty two or twenty three games into the season. And Denver is going down in the standings defensively. They're getting worse. They're getting less and effect, less and less effective. And you guys keep talking about bigs, but I think it was small ball that failed us, is what uh, Sale Philly said. I think we're talking about it because those were the like what we're basically saying is the players that play badly, the players that play play badly. So would it have been better if the players that didn't play played? And like I see what you're saying because I kind of agree, which is like, hey, maybe the players that played should have played better. You know, like maybe that's like the starting point of all this and on on defense in particular. Look, the starting unit doesn't defend. Period and dot. Like they don't. Jokic did tonight, didn't on Friday, but like in like the starting unit one through five does not defend. And I don't know how you get that. 
I don't know what you got to do to get that to happen. Like, what do you see on that? Yeah, I thought Jokic defensively. I thought Jokic was so great tonight. This is part of what's so jarring is it's so rare that we see him have a game like he had tonight and then lose this bad. I mean, we've seen him lose nail biters when he plays this bad against good teams. And New Orleans is a good team. But it's rare that we see him be so blown out that they're pulled off of the court with, you know, four or five minutes to go in the game. Um, let's take a break. We're going to talk about what's most concerning about the Nuggets. We'll break that down when we come back on Locked On Nuggets. But first... Let's go bet online. Your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us and making us part of your day. Uh, appreciate you guys being with us. This is like the epitome of like what I see on on from everybody. Aaron says, I still would like to see the Vlat the Zeke Vlatko front card a little bit more. Zeke Green wasn't very good. Like it just everybody really wants to see the rotation basically be Yeah, but, I, but here's the here's the thing though, Matt, is you're I you have a bias towards people saying this thing. Like you're like, well, everybody always wants the young guy instead of the vet. And it's true. Fans, by and large, across every sport, across every market, that's what they they always want the other guy. But having a bias towards that doesn't mean that it's not accurate in any instances. There are certainly instances where it is accurate. So if we have an example of a group right now that has a veteran who, by the way, last year was the worst player just in terms of on-off net rating, and then you have him here, to me, I'm just like, yeah, there's probably a little bit something here to it. Uh, Drag Dragutin Markovic says Adam seems like he doesn't believe in the choices Malone makes. I mean, of course, like I'm, I don't understand the Christian Brown thing. I just don't get. I mean, that's the biggest one to me. Um, I don't understand it tonight. I didn't understand the idea of trying to play DeAndre Jordan in those minutes when Zion was getting into the paint and finishing everything. I don't. Those ones were a little bit strange to me. And then tonight, I mean, I'm going to go back and watch them because I have not come back and watched the Bones minutes. I need to go back and watch them just to see how much he was actually guarding Alvarado and this or that. Like Alvarado got going for sure in there. But I remember watching it live during the timeout and just and, and being a little bit shocked that Bones was the fall guy. And then when it just didn't stop, when it was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Oh, still going off like this. It was... To me, that's a little frustrating. It's weird because well, I didn't think it was the J. I didn't really didn't think it was the Alvarado stuff. That was just me. I thought it what was do you the think overall. It was? The, the overall play. I just thought he was. I thought he played sloppy on both ends. Mm. But that was me. Um, Drunk philosophy says I heard that Kerr talked about the three stop challenge. Get three in a row. That's the focus. Never heard shit like that from Malone. <laughs> that's not true. He literally oh, talks about it all the kill. time. It's called a kill. Yeah, he it's called a kill. kill. He literally talks about it all the time. It's like he's they keep a stat track of kills that he will mention if they do it. So just yeah. mentioning that. Um, my question here, let's do the, the most concerning things. The defense has to be number one, right? Because of the starting unit was defending better. The bench units, even as horrible as they've been, still probably wouldn't be enough for teams to be competitive. Um, at this point... My belief is that the I shared some numbers over the weekend and we're once again seeing the same thing. They're playing more drop than at the level. They defend better at the level than in drop. It's a combination of scheme, but it's greater than that to me because it's just that the message that the coaches are trying to get through to the players to get them to engage on defense are failing. 
This team is not connected defensively. This team is not engaged defensively. They do not take pride in their defense. The message has not gotten through. And you and I've been very real on this and that we don't just pin that on the coaches. Like the players got to play and the players got to hold each other accountable. But the overall defensive approach is broken, whether that's coaching message or player intent. They simply are not giving the effort that's required for them to be the type of team that they're expected to be this season. That's the weird thing, though, man, is that tonight I felt like there was effort, at least to start the game. I just thought that there was effort. So some there's there are certainly games where you feel like Denver doesn't have it. They're not locked in. They don't seem to care. I mean, the Houston first half, that first game against Houston, it was so evident that the Nuggets were not did not care about the defensive end in that half. But tonight, I thought they came out with it, and it still didn't matter. So that's that, that's the part. But, I, I mean, if we're doing levels of or things that we're most concerned about, of course, it's defense. Like, the Nuggets wanted to be a top-five defense this year. There's no way I, – I think that things change. I do think you can be bad this, this bad and then ultimately become good. Like, there's things you can do. So I'm not saying it's hopeless. But there's no way you could sell anyone outside of Denver – that Denver is like a championship caliber defense right now. No. Or, or that they're like on the doorstep of it. Like no. there's just no way you can, you can be like, lost. yeah, but if they do, you know, they nope. just got to do this. It's like, they're they are lost. so far away that you can't actually see a productive defense. And by the way, getting worse without Michael Porter somehow, that's the craziest part yeah, of all. Of it's this. really, cr- like, I don't understand it, but it's true. I honestly think maybe it may be that teams get too excited and think they can score on him so easily that they just lose focus. Like, I just, I don't understand how this can be a thing. Uh, Dylan Stone says, I feel the coaches may have lost the playing group a bit when it comes to D. We have seen that they can do it, but there's something more at playing behind the scenes, it seems. Um, I think it's worth wondering what's going on to make this team not connected and buy-in. I think, um, I'll tell a story. So the 2013 team was one of the most instructive experiences of my life covering an NBA team and just learning about the NBA in general. Uh, you had Andre Iguodala and Daniel Gallinari, and Fareed was really good back then. And Ty was honestly like, he was a all-star caliber point guard. And that team won a ton of games and was a three seed. And it was interesting because if you really go back and you talk about, you, you like it struck me as I was interviewing players in the locker room, and I thought I was interviewing like a really great competitive team because I was that was my first team that I covered on a year-to-year basis. Like I was full-time in the locker room. And it struck me that those guys did not seem like they thought much of that team at all. And I was like surprised. I was like, you guys have this great record and like you have all these great stats and like George Carl's a great coach. Like you, you have like a chance to like make a run. And they were always like, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, and I've, I've seen that and I've seen teams that really believe in themselves. And I'm genuinely curious about whether this team believes in itself as a contender. That's the part that I think is like the hardest part of these last, this last little bit is this definitely is not a team that carries itself. Like they feel like they're rowing in the right direction and feel like they're around the doorstep. And that's the thing that you just kind of expected. That's, that's what it is, Matt, is we kind of expected this year to feel a little bit different in that specific way. And it doesn't feel different at all. In fact, it feels a little worse. Things were really good a couple of days ago. Things were all good. Just a couple but of days were ago. they though? Here's the thing: they beat Oklahoma City, they beat Houston twice, and they beat how, the like how ever, These really great teams that we look at; those are the teams where they look awesome too. What? Are, let's go through their best wins of the year. I mean, honestly, let's just go through it real quick. It's because, just Golden State. <laughs> so this is the point. Like, it's hard to be like. It's hard to say you feel too good about them. Like to me, I, 
you felt good about Jamal Murray was kind of coming back into yeah. form. Like those things felt good, but I don't think you feel good about, oh man, they just put a hurting on a team that gives you hope. I mean, the best win of the last like two weeks was Dallas when they didn't have Jokic or Murray. Uh, the the home, the Bones home. Island went off for 29 points. The home win versus Utah was good. That team's still good. Yeah, but that was like four weeks ago, man. That was October 28th. That was, you know, we're, now, we're in December. So you're right. Utah, that was a good win. Um, and they, then well, wait, they haven't win. played anybody. So they, they, played, they played Boston on the road, the best team Got in the absolutely league. absolutely destroyed. Best team in the league, no doubt. I mean, they're really good, yeah. Um, they didn't face Dallas with either with any of their guys. So they couldn't win. They, that one was impossible. Like, they can't, they can't pass yeah, that but, one. But in there, I mean, you're skipping over the losses there. I mean, they lost to the Knicks. They lost to Detroit. So then... I mean, you're right. There's not a whole. Yeah, you're lot talking of about. Like, you're looking for the good wins, not the bad losses. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But even Atlanta could have been. A, I guess Atlanta wouldn't have been a good win. That was just a bad no. Loss. It would have been. Could have been one. You're right that there's not a whole lot of opportunities, but nonetheless, that highlights they, more that they like, should be better they, than 14 and nine. They faced they faced the Clippers without all their dudes. That would have been like if they those guys had played and they won that game, it would have been good, you know. And if they beat Atlanta, it'd been like, well, yeah, but they beat Atlanta without Trey Young, you know. That's a lot better than losing to Atlanta without Trey Young. Yeah, but it's also like again, I just get back to like that's how this league works. I don't understand it, but it is. It's an it's frustrating to me. Like why why would you? It's like oh, you have this really great opportunity. We should go out there and kill these guys. Man, huh. yeah, Trey's not playing. Um, so I guess like look the the thing that the chat is eventually going to want us to talk about, and I know you don't like this because like you don't. I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. Um. Does a coaching change in season do anything to help the team? Oh, I don't think we're there yet, man. I can't go to that conversation. I it's so hard to fire to to coach, and this would this would have to linger for a long time before you got to that point. Yeah, fourteen and nine seems like a hard sell to. It seems like a hard sell to change your coach. Like we're just not there yet. I mean, there's something too. I I will say this. I will say this, Michael Malone 1000% has to own the fact that this team is so bad defensively. I'm not saying it's all his fault. To your point, guys need to play hard, they got to execute this or that. But a coach's job is to get that out of those players. He's not getting it for an eighth straight year. A couple of things I want to touch on in the comments because it's interesting. Um, Jack says Saunders is going to get fired long before Malone. Not true. You don't ever see an assistant, like this is not the NFL where defensive coordinators get fired. It doesn't happen. Now there's been a lot of comments in there about uh, about that. And somebody mentioned like, maybe they're missing Jordy Fernandez. No, they're missing West on This started when West left, like West had a scheme and it was actually getting results. And then West left and the defense went down the tank. Like that did is, it leave, is it was, was, did West leave the same year as Millsap? Yes. I wonder which one was more important. I think it was Wes because I do believe that. And the numbers, the numbers bear me out that when they play one scheme, they're more effective. And when they play the other scheme, they're horrible. I looked over the multi-year ones too. Like I was like, okay, let's get out of the small sample. Let's look over the last five years when they do this. And like the numbers are so different. Like when they play a different scheme, it gets better results. That's not going to fix your defense, right? Like they can still be the 25th best defense in the league versus the 28th and it's not better. But like it's a starting point. And then the second thing is Robert says Malone should be on the hot seat though. So that's the question I'll ask you is okay you're not there to to, to well the hot seat, here's my thing about it. i mean none of this stuff this stuff is all premature like criticizing a coach they lost two games in a row now we're talking about fire mid-season or fire later like the thing is this is the stage that the nuggets are at 
they're at the stage where you either get it done or you don't. And I'm not saying it's just this year. It's just that they're at the point now where this isn't in a climb anymore. You're at the, you're at the doorstep. You either get <laughs> into the club or you don't get into the club. So yeah, of course, everybody is on the hot seat now, including Michael Malone. If they're the 28th ranked defense or 26th ranked defense and they have a disappointing and they go out sad, meaning they don't make it to like the Western conference finals or this or that. I think you would have to sit down and say, why are we the 28th defense? Why are we the tw- or 26th defense? Why are we the 26th defense? And is that good enough? And do we got to find, can we move the pieces or do we have to move the coach? So you'll get there eventually, but right now, like I'm just not, that's so far off. Those are just the yeah. state. I mean, I, I would agree. Um, obviously. Yogic like- will be talked about way differently, by the way, if this continues all year, like if they're this bad defensively, there's, I mean, the heat comes for the players louder than it comes. The coach, the fans all thought talking about fire, this or that, and that will become a story in the offseason. But I'm telling you, Jokic will bear the brunt of this if Denver is this bad defensively all year. Um, I, I said this since after they lost the the series of the Warriors when we did the season review, and we were like wrapping up. I I took this position and I've stood with it. If they don't win the if they don't win the Western Conference this year, then I think it's likely that Malone is gone. Like that's the pressure on him. That's that's what's on him. Is like they got to win the West, and the West is really good. Oh, the West has a bunch of really good teams. Uh, Allen says, I better not hear MPJ slander when he returns for his defensive effort. No, sorry, but if MPJ does not give defensive effort, I'm probably going to criticize that too. I criticized Bruce Brown and I, and I love Bruce Brown. So like you play bad, you get criticized. Uh, Dragutin asks, Adam, did Jokic play drop for Serbia? Um, man, I can't even remember to be honest. It's not really the same though, right? Like they don't run as much pick and roll. Yeah, because they and also they can stand in the lane for forever. Like yeah. it's a, it's a different it's a different one. I honestly don't remember. I like just don't remember that. Um, Robert, who wants everyone fired, says, "Guys, our defense is non-existent. Our wins are bad teams. It isn't a two-game losing streak. It is a two-game losing streak. It literally is a two-game losing streak. They're fourteen and nine. They therefore like." I'm not saying everything's fine. I've spent this entire episode talking about how bad it, like how things are bad, but there's just like a gap here. Like we can, we can do both, right? Like we can say there's no reason the Browns not playing. Zeke should have gotten minutes versus the Pelicans. Bruce Brown and the starting unit has to play better on defense, right? The players have to engage. The starters have to engage more in games like Atlanta. We can say all those things and not be like, the sky is falling. This team sucks, Right. Yeah. No? Do you agree? About what? Does this team suck? I guess it's one. No, no, no. But I no, but I do feel like they they've um they hit some turbulence though, I do think, in the last like three weeks. Yeah. And some of that was just natural because of the, the COVID or this or that. But I do feel like the team is in a weird they're in a weird funk right now. Even with the wins, there's like a weird funk to it that's like, hmm, something's something's Something just seems a little bit off. <laughs> I like this comment from Sale Philly. We will end the season with 50 bad wins. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, that's look, pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And and look, here's a – and look, we've gone through this before, right? The team's been in funks, and you have been like, this team is br- – like, we've been in, like, disaster mode. Mm. And then they just – and part of the thing is, like, you're just around each other, and everybody's on contract, so you just kind of get through it. And then things feel different later. Yeah. And that's possible. Um, what are you expecting for? Like, do you think they get smacked by Dallas on Tuesday? It's on national television. Yeah, <laughs> like it's interesting. The Nuggets are practicing tomorrow. I mean, they to go from New Orleans to fly home and then to have practice tomorrow is pretty rare. rare. 
So um, we'll see. I'm curious to see how I'm, – I'm curious to see what Denver looks like when they come out. I'll, I'll tell you what, Dallas is coming off of a loss to the Nuggets. They're not – like Denver's going to have to beat Dallas. Dallas – you always remember when you lost a game you weren't supposed to. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, they responded with a game. I'll also say this, that the Mavs have been really good on national TV. I've noticed that trend. They've been really good in those spots. Um, what's the most concerning thing for you? I mean, it's the defense. No question about it. Hey, what's the second most con- concerning thing for you? Uh, um, I mean, health would be the, another, the next one. Like you, Bones being out so as much as he has – I think has contributed a little bit to like his stunted momentum. I think it's hard to get momentum when you're on, off, on, off, on, off. Michael Porter's now here. But if you'd ask me a third thing, it's that it's this one, right? This comment right here. There isn't a worse second unit in Denver in the entire league. I don't think that's true, but it is, but it does feel that way for the like fifth consecutive year. And that there's just something to it that I don't quite understand why it always feels like Denver has this unreliable second group. I, I will return to, I just, you're going to, I think that they've tried to not replicate Joker. And I think that the only answer is to try and replicate Joker. Might, might be, man. It's a weird thing to think, but it might be like, it may not be. I don't even think it's ideal. I think you want counter punches, right? Like that's how I would build it is you want like option. You want to be able to be like, okay, we're going to run this or we're going to run this. And like, they try to do that where they're like, okay, we've got DJ or we can go with Jeff at five or even Zeke or like whatever. We've got all these different options. And like, it just seems like nothing like the only way that the, the other players know how to play is if they're playing off Nicola, you know, mm-hmm. it might be true. Maybe you can't, I mean, I threw this out there. Maybe you can't teach two styles. I don't know, but whatever it is, I hope the nuggets bounce back. So we get to talk about a win and some more positive things and get some positive momentum. I will say we didn't talk about this today. Murray, I thought was kind of bad tonight, especially in that third quarter. I thought he was really bad. So some of this is you probably just you know, as great as Jokic was. If he would have had a running mate tonight, it would have made a, a big difference, and he didn't have it. All right, let's get wrapping up for Locked On Nuggets. Let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Nuggets. Catch Adam on Twitter at Adam underscore Mares, and catch the DMVR podcast and post game show and pre game show all over the internet. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We'll be with you all throughout the ups and downs as we continue here on Locked On Nuggets.